All right, if you've got a Bible, let's, let's get into the Word. Uh, Acts chapter 3, we are looking at the book of Acts during the Lent season as we go through our Ignite series. Uh, and speaking of Ignite, how, how about Sunday night and Monday night? That was uh, off the chain, amazing. I told you the Holy Spirit was going to fall, was going to come, was going to show up, and man, did he ever show up in a powerful, powerful, like I, I've I've been a part of this ride for 17 years, and that, that I, I've not experienced something like that to that level like we did in those two nights. It was so powerful. Was our band not amazing? They were good. Okay, three people thought you were amazing. I thought you guys were incredible. Uh, I really did. All right, uh, but we're in this Ignite series, and so I, I know that around you, you see people, and you're like, man, they're all fired up for Jesus, and I ain't all that fired up, and maybe you're not a follower of Jesus, or maybe you are a follower of Jesus, and you're like, dang it, I want to be excited. <laughs> I'm just not excited. Why am I not excited? We are going to be looking at, and we've been looking at, these eight practices of the early church, and it's these eight practices that ignite a fire within us. Okay, we've talked about uh, daily devotions, uh, we've talked about Sunday worship, uh, we've talked about continual surrender, and today I want to talk to you about sharing Christ, how sharing Christ will ignite a passion and flame within you. So Acts chapter 3 uh, is where we are, and uh, let me kind of catch you up to speed on what's happening here. So if you are new to church and you're new to the Bible, uh, download version. it's a great app, and if you want to know what church is, read Acts. It's the story of the birth of the church and kind of how the early church operated. And so here's what's happened. There's about 120 believers. Holy Spirit fell on them. Peter preaches this amazing sermon, and, and like over 3,000 people come into the church in, in one day and, and are baptized. And then they're just trying to figure out, how do we do church as a mega church? Like, I don't know how to do this. And so here's Peter and John, and we pick up their story here in chapter 3. Peter and John... They went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man that was lame from birth was being carried in. And each day, he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. And Peter and John looked at him intently. And Peter said, hey, look at us. And the lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money, but Peter said, dude, I'm a fisherman. I am broke, okay? I ain't got nothing. I can't give you anything, but I'll give you what I do have in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. Get up and walk. That's good. If you don't know Jesus and you walked in here today and you just feel like you can't walk, like your legs have just been cut out from underneath you, I'm just telling you today, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you are going to rise and walk, and you're going to be made a new person in him today. I'm excited about that. So, so here's what Peter did. He, Peter took the lame man by the right hand, helped him up, and as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. I love this. He jumped up, stood on his feet, began to walk, then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. So it's like this old-school Pentecostal Holy Ghost revival broke out where some Somebody's running the aisle with the hanky. Woo! Woo! So, so we all remember that? You remember that? I, that happened at one, our church one time, like one time when I was a little kid, and this man in the back got blessed, and he's like, Woo! And he got up and started running the aisles. I was like, I was seven. I was like, please don't get me, please don't get me, please don't get me. I was so scared. 
So put your hankies away, okay? We do have children here, and we don't want to scare them. All the people saw him walk in, heard him praising God, and when they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. Who wouldn't be when the dead come to life? They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. And then John, uh, this is this amazing. Then right after this, Peter, Peter preaches this insanely amazing sermon, like I'm getting ready to throw down in here right now, okay? Y'all ready for that? Y'all ready? Okay. All right, let's pray. God, thank you so much, God, for showing up with your presence. We know you are here. We sense you here today. So we want to ask in this moment, would you, would you give us a takeaway? Now that we're going we're gonna to get into your word, would you speak to each one of us? Uh, you have a word, and if you're not a follower of Jesus, you know what? You can say a simple prayer. God, would you speak to me? In Jesus' name, would you, would you speak to me? I, and, and yes, God can speak to you. Even if you're not a follower of Jesus, I promise you he's going to say something to you today. And then, man, I, God, would you just help me to be faithful to what you once said? In Jesus' name. And the church said a big amen. amen. You may be seated. All right, so uh, when you came in, you saw these sitting on your seat. You're probably wondering what they're for, um, which you probably, or you didn't realize, I can tell some of you didn't pick up on it, our, our service today actually has 3D effects that have been going on the entire service, and you don't even know it. Like right now, while I'm preaching on the screen and up here on the stage, if you were wearing these glasses, you, some of you are so gullible. You are just you're like, really, seriously? Oh, No. Now, how, how rich do you think this church is? We don't have that kind of technology, all right? We can't afford to do that. Anybody, anybody, uh, anybody remember these old, school, the, these old school paper ones that were a complete waste of time? And were they useless or were the movies useless? I can't remember which it was because they never fit on your face right, uh, especially if like, you're like me and you wear glasses and you try to you know, put them on and they just kind of, they, they never worked right. Thank the Lord they came out with these high-tech ones now. These are pretty sweet. I like these. I, I, I like them because uh, they cover my glasses. I, I mean, they just they, I get the whole immersion, the whole experience. But I also, I also don't like them because when I, when I put them on, I look like an 80-year-old man. That's the reaction of my children every time in the theater. Like, look at that. But I love, I, they're, they're, they're cool. And, you know, whenever you go to a 3D movie, you can't, you can't help yourself, can you? You got to go, ah, can I touch it? Can I touch you can't. You know you can't touch it, but you still reach out and try to touch it. Or if you ever do this, like, oh, oh, like that. It's 3D. It's not, it's not going to get you. And then you're like, hey, ooh, 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 ooh. You don't know the plot line or anything that's going on. <laughs> You're like, ooh, this is cool. And then you look over at your kids. They're not even wearing their 3D glasses. You're like, I emptied their college tuition savings account to take them to this dumb 3D movie because they are really expensive, are they not? You look over, your kids aren't even wearing their glasses. And when you, when you take your 3D glasses off, this is, uh, is kind of what it looks like, doesn't it? It's just like confusing. It's like, I don't even know... What the, don't put on your 3D glasses, it won't work with this picture, okay? So if you're trying to see it, it won't work with this picture, okay? Just, just to help you out here. We are not that high tech, okay? Uh, and so, but when you look at this, it can be, you look at it, it's confusing, it hurts your eyes, and you're just like, I, I don't know. I, I think this is how most people go through life. 
I think that this is how most people see life. It's, they're going through things that's just confusing to them. They, they don't know what's happening. They don't know how to, how to make sense out of it. They don't know what's going on. And what's interesting, though, for those of us who are, who are followers of Jesus, we, we see the same situations. We face the same struggles. We, we face the same. We look at the same world. We have the same pain, but we, we see things differently. We, we really literally see through another dimension because we see through the eyes of Christ. Like we see with clarity and we see with confidence as a follower of Jesus. I look at that, but I see things differently. I, I, I look at that and, and I, I, I see hope where others see despair and heartache. I, I see healing where, where, where others, all they see is, is pain. And I, I, see, I see peace where others see nothing but frustration. I see purpose for my life where, where others, they, they just see failure and, and no future. See, for, for those of us who've placed our faith in, in Jesus, we, we have been made alive in Christ. And because I've been made alive in Christ, I see everything differently. I see everything through this lens of hope and healing and peace and purpose because Jesus has made me alive. So I want you to write this down because here's where we're going to go for the next few minutes. Sharing Christ is sharing life. If we can just get that into our soul, it'll be a game changer in our city. It'll be a game changer in your family. It'll be a game changer at work. It'll be a game changer on your campus. It will be a game changer on the ball field if we can just grab a hold of this one concept that sharing Christ is sharing life. So what I want us to do for a few minutes here this morning is I want us to look through, uh, not our lens, but look through the lens of those who don't see as we see. I want us to look through the eyes of the person that's without hope, the person who has never experienced healing for their soul, has nothing but stress and panic and no peace. I want us to look through the eyes of the person that um, maybe it looks like they have it all together, but they really deep down inside, I don't know what their purpose is. They don't know why they are here. So let's go to Acts, Acts chapter 3. Let's go back to the text here. And if you're following along, I read out of the New Living Translation. So Acts 3, 2, verse 2, it says, As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in, and each day he was put beside the temple gate. The one called, say this with me, called the what? The... The beautiful gate. It's called the beautiful gate. Listen, can we just encourage each other right now? Would you just turn to four people right now and just say, you look beautiful today. You look beautiful today. Yeah, you look good today. Singles, you are welcome. All right. Some of, some of you ladies are like, you're waiting. Are you going to say it? He told you to say it. All right, honey, you look beautiful today. Well, you didn't mean it just because he said to say it, so it doesn't count. I've been wearing this all morning. You just now noticed me? But we're not preaching on that right now, are we? 
But they put him by the one called the beautiful gate so he could beg from the people going into the temple. See, now what you have to understand is to the people in this time period, they, they saw this man as a nuisance. They, they saw this man as, as an outcast, kind of as a blemish on society. But I think there's no mistake that this guy was put next to a gate that was called beautiful. Because that's how God saw him. I think where everyone else saw a beggar, God saw beauty. Like he saw promise in this man. He saw potential in this man. He saw what this man could become. We, we hear the heart of God in, in Isaiah's words from Isaiah 61.3, where God really speaks this over mankind. He says, to all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of what? Say it with me. Of what? Beauty for ashes. This is how God sees all people. He, he sees them for who they can become, that, that the broken can be made beautiful. So, so how, how do you... How do you see people? Do you see them for who they are, or do you see them for who they could become? That, that person that has bent you the wrong way and has wronged you and has hurt you, how, how do you see them for what they have done to you, or do you see them for, for who they can become? How do you see your coworker? You know what I'm talking about? The one that annoys you? You know, you're like, I go to church to get away from that person. I am not inviting them. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you see them? How, how do you see your, when you're on, the cam, on your campus, how do, you see, how do you see your classmates? It's just kind of like, man, they're just, they're just different. They're just odd. I don't, I don't know. How, how do you see your neighbor? Like, do you see them as, man, I wish they would move because they are bringing the property value down. And their kids, oh man, their kids, stay away from my kids. Don't come near my kids, okay? I mean, do you, how, do you, how do you see them? How do you see that parent on the soccer field? How do, how do you see a stranger? How do you see somebody that's different than you, thinks different than you? How do you see somebody that votes different than you? Oh, now I'm, now I'm, getting, now I'm getting deep. Oh, they voted for Hillary. Mm-mm, they voted for Trump. Mm-mm, they voted for the Antichrist. I know they just did. I know they did. Mm. Some of y'all right now trying to figure out, which one does he mean is the Antichrist? That's fine. Focus, people. Focus here, okay? How do you see people that believe different than you? You wish they'd just go away and shut up and go back to wherever they came from? Just like we could just, you know, just annihilate them for what they're saying and what they believe. How about people that have a different moral standard than you and are practicing things and doing things that you don't agree with? How do you see them? See, I, I, would, I would tend to say that many times we look at, at how the people in this culture, how they treated the, the beggar as an outcast and a nuisance and a blemish. And I, I would say to you today that I don't know that we're much different. I don't know that we're much different in that we don't think of some people as a blemish on society, a nuisance in society. They're just an outcast on our society. And I, I just contend today that we've got to, as the followers of Jesus, start seeing people how Jesus sees them, okay? He doesn't see them as the beggar. He sees them as 
beautiful. We've got to start seeing people for the potential that is within them. We've got to start seeing people for the promise that is within them, not for who they are, but what they could possibly become if they were to come alive in Christ. Oh, just say amen to make me feel good. Come on, tell, tell somebody right now, that is really good preaching. Come on, that is good preaching today. Oh, that's good. I don't have a sister, but I think my sister's here. All right. So Peter, Peter and John, so they're, they're, check this out. They're going to the temple every day. Uh, literally, almost every day, they're at the temple. And this, this beggar, he's been put by the, the gate Every day for like 40 years, and they, they don't see him until they see him on this day. So what was it about this day that made it different than every other day? Look at verse 4, the first part of verse 4, and it says this, Peter and John looked at him, what? Intently. Come on, somebody say intently. Intently. Listen, here, here's what I want you to do. I, I want you, let's, let's just... Let's just be nice to one another for a moment. Can we do this? Just, just be kind to each other. Here's what I want you to do. I just want you to turn to somebody that you did not come with. And what I want you to do is I just want you to introduce yourself, even if you know him, just kind of fake it. Introduce yourself to him again. And, and, and I want you to tell him, you know, what your birth date is, okay? The, the day, month, and year that you were born. Okay, right now, turn. One person. Just one person you don't know. I didn't come with him, but what? Name, birthday, who they are. Let's just be friendly. Let's be nice. Let's practice this message. I feel good. That feels good. You know, that feels good to be nosed. Feels good to somebody saw me. That feels good. All right. That's nice. Yeah. See, what, what Peter and John did is they looked intently. That was the difference maker here is they, they were, in other words, they were fully occupied with what this man was doing and where he was. Nothing was distracting them. They were, they were fully focused on him. You know, for the past two weeks, I've been walking through the entryway at our house, and there's been this sock sitting right there for like two weeks, and it ain't mine because it's pink, okay? And I'm not, I'm not going to say whose sock it is, and I'm not going to throw them under the bus because they're getting on a plane, they're moving to Los Angeles in just about 48 hours, so I, I'll throw them under the bus, but I... So said person about a week ago, I said, hey, come here. Is that your sock? Yeah. Why are you not pick it up? Well, I didn't see it. How did you not see it? And then another week goes by and they still ain't picked it up. And then I swear the sock had babies because there were more socks. <laughs> right there. Man, this is exactly what happens to us as we pass by people every single day in need of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. But we don't see them. We don't, we don't see them. Like, I want you to think for just a moment. Do you, do you remember the, person's, uh, the person that you just saw? Do you remember their name? Do you remember, uh, do you remember their birthday? Remember what they said? Do you? You? Huh? You're like, ah, please don't make me turn back and tell them. It was the summer, I think. It was the summer. It was the summer of 69. Yeah, that was it. It was uh, something like that. It was hot. That's all I remember, all right? I, listen, my palms were sweating. I don't like it when you make me talk to anybody anyway, so I was already nervous. I don't know. 
I, I would contend to you that I think one of the reasons that we don't, we don't see people is because we're, we're, we're not slowing down. We're, we're in a hurry. Like we're, not, we're not fully present in the moment. We're on our way to something else. We see this in a story Jesus told. He told the story of uh, the Good Samaritan. If you're not familiar with that story from Scripture, it's a really powerful story, uh, a really good one. There was this man, and he was on his way from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was on a very dangerous road, and uh, he was uh, beaten and robbed, and he was left for dead in this ditch. And two men uh, came by at separate occasions, both of them, by the way, church-going guys, which I thought was funny. Uh, and they, they saw this man, but they crossed over. They acted like they didn't quite see him because they were busy, because they, they had other things that they they needed to do in places they needed to get to. But then there was this one guy, and that was the, the Samaritan man, and he, he saw the guy, and, and, and he stopped. He stopped, and, and, and he did what, what we see that Peter and John did. He, he looked at him intently. He saw this man who was beaten, left for dead, just had no hope unless somebody were to do something, and you know that he had important things to do as well, but he saw nothing more important than, than a human being, and so he stopped, and he, he helped this guy, and he bandaged his wounds and took care of him, and you know, there's people all around us that are in spiritual ditches. Uh, their soul is broken. They're crippled in their, in their soul. They, they, they have no hope. Life has just really, really beaten them down and something powerful happens when we stop and and we see people and when we begin to look intently at them almost looking into their their soul and showing people that yeah I, I do have some really important things to do but nothing is more important than a human soul nothing Nothing is more important in this world. There's nothing. You, you can show me a hundred different things and you could claim this is important. Yeah, that's, that is definitely important. But nothing is more important than the, than the human soul. And so Jesus is telling this story. And what's interesting is he's telling this, this story about the Samaritan. He's telling it to a primarily uh, Jewish audience. And, and so when he's telling it to this Jewish audience, the, the man that's laying in the ditch is a Jew. And so what Jesus is saying to, to the crowd in this moment is, guess who's in the ditch? Because they all thought that they were the ones that were passing by the guy. And Jesus is like, no, you're the ones in the ditch. You and I are the ones in the ditch. I'm not talking about passing by people. I'm talking about we're the ones in the, in the ditch. We're the beggar that's been laid by the gate. We are the ones who were without hope. We were outside and in desperate need of God's grace and his mercy. And thanks be to God that Jesus reached out his hand through a bloody cross and lifted us out of the ditch and put us back onto our feet again. We are the ones. We are the beggars. We are the beggars who've been made beautiful through Christ. I mean, just stop for a moment. If you're a follower of Jesus, can we all just stop for a moment and appreciate our salvation again? 
We just take it so often for granted. It's just a thing I did. I remember doing that. I was seven years old, and I was back in the kids' ministry, and they asked, who wants Jesus? I want Jesus, and I took Jesus as my Savior. This side, I do. You know, and so it's an old song. Sorry, I almost went into an old church song. I was saying, that came out. That was the Holy Spirit coming out of me. I took Jesus as my Savior. You take him too. I took Jesus as my Stop, stop, stop. That is why do not encourage right now. Daniel and Eric and Sarah, do not encourage him. We aren't letting him in the choir. Don't encourage him. But I think sometimes we can take our salvation for granted, but we got to stop and we got to remember, man, I was in the ditch. Man, I, I'm telling you, I was raised in the church. I, went to, I know all the songs and I came to church every week and I fell so hard in my life that I was, I know, I don't know how you know, you're, I know I was in the ditch and I look at where my life was and I had no hope of a future, nothing coming my way. It was going nowhere fast, but because of Jesus and his grace and his mercy, man, he took a beggar and made him beautiful. This is what Jesus can do for you. So this beggar, he was, he was laid at the gate. This is interesting. He was laid at the gate because he couldn't go inside the temple. He wasn't allowed inside the temple because he was considered a sinner. And that probably doesn't make sense to a lot of us because, you know, what are you talking about? What you have to understand is in this culture, the Jewish people, what they believed was, and it's not anywhere in the Bible, but they believed this, is that, oh, if if you have a disease, if you're crippled, if you're lame, if you're blind, if something's wrong with you, you have a curse on you from God, you are a sinner, or maybe your parents have sinned, and that's why you're there, and because you are a sinner, you can't come in to the temple. Core church is not a place where beggars sit outside at the gate and are not welcome into the house of God. This church... And this house is for the beggar. This church and this house is, listen, let me say this to you, listen. We always have a seat ready for the beggar. We always have a seat ready for the broken. We always have a seat available for the marginalized. We always have a seat for those who feel like they're an outcast or they don't fit in or they're the greatest and the chief of sinners. If you feel like, man, I'm a sinner, welcome home. You're in, a, you're in a whole heap of us here. Because what we know is we are all sinners saved by the grace and the mercy of Jesus who said, I am not going to kill you or smite you. I am going to save you and pluck you out of that pit and take you out of that ditch and take you away from that gate and bring you into my house. So this beggar is sitting outside the, the, outside the temple, and I love this, the picture here in the story is that Peter and John, they, they lifted him up, and then they, they brought him in. They brought him inside the temple. What we have to understand is the, the broken and, and the lost are not all in here. They're, they're outside. They're out there. They're, they're in the streets. There are neighbors, there are coworkers, there are classmates, there are friends, there are our family, there the people that we call citizens that we lock arms with as Americans and as Oklahomans and 
And they're outside desperately in need of hope and desperately in need of healing. And guess what? We have, we have the life. We have life. They're dead, and we can help them to find life. And that's what sharing Christ is. Sharing Christ is sharing life. So Peter and John, uh, it, we've been reading as a church through the book of Acts together. It's been really a fun read. And if you keep reading, what you will see is they are arrested for doing this, for helping this man, and then they're put on trial and they're thrown in jail. And when they're in jail, this angel shows up and miraculously frees them. And I love this. The angel then says this to them after they've been freed in Acts 5.20. He says this. The angel says this to Peter and John. Give the people this message of, everybody say it with me, of life. Give the people this message of life. When I talk about sharing Christ is sharing life, that's what we're talking about. We got to give this message to the people. Who are the people? They're our friends. They're our neighbors. They're our classmates. They're our neighbors. They're, they're the person on the soccer field. They're the stranger. They're the person that doesn't vote like me. They're the person that doesn't like me. They're the person who have wronged me. Every person is important to God. He sees every beggar as beautiful. We got to reframe it. We got to start thinking differently. So what does it mean to share, share Christ and share life? Well, in the story, uh, in, the, in the story of the beggar, Peter and John, they, they show us what it looks like to share Christ and, and to share life. Look at verse 6. This is Peter. Peter says this. He says this to the beggar. I don't have any silver or gold for you, but come on, say this with me. I'll what? I'll give you what I have. Come on, one more time. I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. I think one of the most awkward things in, to deal with is... Um, when somebody offers you, you ever had somebody offer you a, a mint, and in that moment you're thinking, does my breath stink? You're like, oh, like that? Like, it's, just, it's awkward, isn't it? You're like, is it, is, are they just offering me a mint, or is my breath, does my breath stink? Or the, or the opposite of that, like you come across somebody, and you're like, hey, good morning, and they're like, hey, and you're like, oh, hey, <laughs> whoa, man, wow, I should probably offer them a mint, but if I offer them a mint, are they going to? Are they going to think their breath stinks? I think I feel like I don't really know them that well, and this is going to feel awkward, and they're going to, uh, so you know, you're like, I, I, you know what, I'm just going to let their breath stink, okay? I'm just going to, good luck to you, brother. <laughs> and their just stink just goes on all over the place, and nobody's telling them about their stink, because everybody feels like it's just awkward, it's weird. Listen, this is, this is exactly how so many of us who are followers of Jesus, how we feel about sharing our faith. Like we talk to people and we're like, whoo, man, their life stinks. Like, it stinks. It's, there's bad stuff happening in their life. It's terrible. I mean, it's bad. And they could really use Jesus. But it's just awkward. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. I don't want this to be weird. So you know, I don't say anything and I just let their life go on stinking. Here's the thing we have to understand is we're not sharing a mint to make their life stink a little less. We are sharing life. We're sharing life that the dead would be made alive in Christ, that they could see how we see. We're sharing hope with people, the hope of Jesus, healing for their soul, 
peace. You don't have to deal with all that stress and all that confusion. Listen, if you're not a follower of Jesus today, you can have healing for your soul. That confusion, the way life appears to you right now, I don't get it, I understand, I'm frustrated. Hey, guess what? You can see clearly through the eyes of Christ. We are, we are sharing life with people. Sharing Christ is sharing life. And I, I love Peter because Peter, he, he really didn't have much. You know, he says, I don't really have much, and it's true. Because if you were to read, when, when they get arrested, the religious leaders say about Peter and John in Acts 4, they say this, these guys are just ordinary. They ain't had no special training in the scriptures. But what they say is, they say, the only thing we can see is these are men who have been with Jesus. That was their only qualification, that they had been with Jesus. Listen, if you think that you're ordinary and you're not sure if you're quoting a Bible verse or a Taylor Swift song, you are fully qualified to share the gospel. Come on, tell somebody right now you're fully qualified. You are full. I know you and you're fully qualified, okay? You're fully, if you have Jesus, you have all that you need because you have life. I, I think that we make sharing the gospel just too hard, too difficult. That's why I spent so many years of my life never sharing Jesus because it's just too hard. I can't do that. I can't do that track. I can't memorize those scriptures. I can't figure out where the cross fits into the whole picture of the thing. And I have to get it all mixed around, you know, and I just get all, and I'm like, forget it. I can't. I don't know how to do this. I'll leave it to the preacher, okay? But we make it too hard. Can I, we just keep it simple. Just three simple things. Are you ready? Write these down. Intercede, invest, invite. Intercede, invest, invite. Here's what I mean. Intercede. Pray for people. Pray for people that are far from God. Or pray that God will help you to see people far from God. See, when you pray, when I pray, I start seeing through the eyes of Christ. If you're like, man, I never see my coworkers. I never thought about them. I didn't realize that about their soul. I feel so guilty. Start praying. Start praying, praying for them by name or, or, or praying that God will use you. Use me wherever you want to use me, God, but give me your eyes to see people today. Pray. Pray for opportunities. Invest. Just do good. <laughs> Just do good. What did Peter and John do? Wait, we don't have any silver, we don't have any gold, but uh, you know what? In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. Just go out and do good. Can I tell you in, in full transparency uh, that this is something I practice all the time, every day. I, I pray. I, I, God, and one of the things I've always done is prayed for my neighbors for like 15 years in our neighborhood, I prayed for opportunities to reach them and help them. And, and honestly, it's been winter and I've been frustrated because I'm like, no, you don't see your neighbors as much. And I'm like, God, how am I gonna help? How am I gonna reach them? So yesterday morning, I walked out into the garage and I looked down the street and there was an ambulance and a fire truck. I wonder what's going on down there. But we were having a going away party for my daughter and I had a bunch of projects I had to get ready before everybody came over. And I thought, wow, what's going on? And I, I turned and I, and I walked back into the house. And when I walked back in the house, that's, that's when God started speaking to me. 
hey, you, uh, you've been praying for opportunities to, to help your neighbors. I, I just gave you one. I said, like, God, you know, man, I just got so much to do and I have so much stuff and we got to get ready for this. And, you know, my daughter's valuable and important to me, getting ready to get on that plane and I want to do this right. And guys, I gave you an opportunity and I know God, but you know, and this is, these are real, this is real talk. This is real legit. I'm like, God, I, but I, you know, I'm not good with people when they're in the hospital. I don't know what to pat them or touch them. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And God's like, are you going to help him? And I said, like, all right. So I put on my shoes and, and, I, and I walked down the street. And I was nervous because um, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I got down there, and it was a pretty frantic situation. And saw my neighbor, and I said, hey, I just saw the ambulance. And everything okay? And she said, no, he woke up, and, um, and he was, he's just not coming to. And we, can't, we, don't know what, we don't know what's going on. She was very, very confused and distraught. And, and I said, well, hey, um, and so I gave her my phone number. I said, hey, here's my number. And, and, um, and she knows I'm a pastor. And I said, if there's anything, any way I can help. And, you know, where, where are they taking him? She didn't really know where they were taking him. And. And I, and I wanted to pray for her, but, but it was just so confusing at the time, so I didn't even get, I didn't even get to pray for her. And I, I turned and I walked back up the street, and uh, I was like, man, God, I wanted to pray. And God's like, no, you, you, did, you did exactly what I asked you to do. You just, just did good, Brad. Do good. So maybe it's not going to be raising somebody up to walk for the very first time, or, or ambulances or something like that. But man, we can all do good. We can all just be nice. We can all be kind. We can all find ways to help a stranger or love somebody that's not like us or be, be say, hey, actually wave at our neighbors, you know. We have a policy in our office. You know, we have a policy in our office that when you show up in the morning, you have to say good morning. And when you leave, you have to say goodbye. And if you don't, we will fire you, okay? <laughs> oh, I'm not kidding. I'm like, good morning. Okay, I almost instituted an I love you policy because that's what we have at our house. But I thought that'd just be awkward. You know, Pastor Eric, love you, Brad. You know, I mean, this would be weird. So I didn't do that. But I mean, we can all say hi to our coworkers, can't we? Our classmates, we can walk into a classroom, can't we? And sit down and actually acknowledge that there's another human being sitting next to me. Like, oh, hi, human being. Hey, I didn't know you were there. Last part is, is invite, just when the time is right, is to invite them to Christ, share Jesus with them, or invite them to church when the time is right. Peter and John took the guy and took him into the temple. And I'm telling you, when the time is right, you're going to know when it's right. That's why we put all those invite cards out on the chairs for you. This is because this is, this is what, here's what we're doing as followers of Jesus. We are bringing people through the gate and bringing them into a new life that is beautiful in Christ. Every life is beautiful to Jesus and can be made new.